0: Morena, no Kiti korero and welcome to the Catch-Up on Manawatu People's Radio Tereo Irurangi Tangata o Manawatu It is a Tuesday morning and regular listeners will know that every second Tuesday we turn our attention to The Hill uh, the institution on The Hill, Massa University uh, speaking to the people up there and not necessarily in, in the standard sort of teaching sphere although they're involved in that but also looking at some of the research that is happening up there and uh, this morning we have in the studio Professor Jackie Benshop. Good morning.
1: A key order, Fraser.
0: Um, Now, this is is a new new playing field for me. I am not one uh, to dabble in science in the slightest. Um, But I understand that what has happened with you is quite a big deal. Um, The School of Veterinary Science uh, has received a research project grant from the Health Research Council of New Zealand, uh, part of their health delivery research investment round. um, And you have... uh, received a grant worth almost 1.4 million over four years. Um, and this is looking at, now bear with me, the incidence and diagnosis of leptospirosis transmission from animals to humans and the resultant outcomes for rural and Maori communities. Um, that seems incredibly specific. And and what I'm I guess my first instinct to ask is does this have wider uh, ramifications? Are we using? Are you looking at leptospirosis as an example of something bigger?
1: Oh, thanks for that question, Fraser. I think um, one of the you've hit the nail on the head in terms of this preciseness of this question, because it's actually a follow up. We've been lucky to be previously funded, and the questions that we're answering with this proposal, or we hope to answer, are actually ones that were raised. In the previous proposal, and hence, I suppose, the focus. Yeah. But in general, I would say that anything we do around infectious disease, and my interest is in those that spread from animals to humans, it's not only lepto, of course. The messages and the, the lessons around um, protective gear, hygiene, care of animals can relate to other things, such you might have heard of Campylobacter, Salmonella, Yersinia. Yet this is a focused, very focused project.
0: Mm. So, so, so this all st- this is this stems from your interest in in diseases that transfer to animals to humans. Current pandemic aside, uh, I, I, what what sparked your interest in this?
1: Oh, that's uh, quite, that's uh, really. I was lucky, I suppose. For years, I wanted to be a veterinarian, and I have been a veterinarian now for thirty-five or thirty-six years. Uh, and I guess. What sparked me was absolutely being a clinician as I was, seeing dogs and cats and also dairy cattle for up to 20 years before I came into, back to university, but always that interest in the people that are working with those animals mm-hmm. and how it is for them. I also, when I was working as a veterinarian, I worked in the meat industry and I saw something I'd never really seen before, I suppose, a type of, a type of really hard work. Mm. Uh, and it, it, I was working up in Northland at the, in, in Moriwa with a large Māori community there, and I saw this disease in people, and they are people who don't have the privilege that I do, uh, and uh, things such as a sick leave, taking time off, and with this disease it has a long tail, a bit mm. like long COVID. There's a long lepto as well. Right. Um, that's what really piqued my interest. Lucky enough to come to university and be able to make that my thing.
0: So so let's talk, for people that don't know, myself hand raised firmly in the air, what, what is leptospirosis and what makes it uh, such a concern that it would attract such a level of funding to, to explore it?
1: Hmm. Lepto is a, a bacterial disease. So as you know, COVID is a virus mm-hmm. and Lepto's a bacterial disease. And it's um, globally also really important. People call it a neglected disease. So when we see it overseas, we see it post-flooding, associated with floodwater, rodents. We also see a little bit of that here. The pattern in New Zealand, though, is much more occupational. The key thing about lepto is any mammal can carry this bacteria, tends to sit happily in the animal's kidneys. Mm -hmm. Then when the animal piddles, it comes out every now and again in the urine. That's what puts people at risk. Now, that urine might directly go on you, say you're a dairy farmer, you know, in the dangerous place. Yeah. Or perhaps um, it might be, it can live in the soil or in the the flood water. So, the the level of funding, I'm really grateful. In terms of this this disease, the number of cases a year, they've really been, uh, the diagnosis of lepto has been affected as it has with other diseases by COVID and the draw of work towards COVID. But on average, 120, 150 cases a year. And so, that's, yeah, it's one of those ones where amongst rural people, it's a high-incidence disease. Yep, yep. Amongst the general population of New Zealand, there are other diseases competing, I must I must say.
0: So it, so you're saying uh, when it's in the kidneys, uh, if people are eating meat, there's a very, I would assume, a very low chance unless people are having their steak and kidney pie.
1: I think that's a great point. Cooking, just like with nearly all of these infections, c- kills the bacteria. Right. And, and um, what we tend to see, we have a strong occupational pattern. Of those 120 cases... Around 80 would be farmers, about 20 meat workers. We still have about 20% of cases that are neither meat workers nor farmers and don't have direct animal contact. It's not just those big animals that Mm -hmm. we like and know that that, that can carry it. It's also the mice, the rats and the possums. So it's a complex disease, multiple strains, hosts, yeah. And so
0: on and I guess that's the thing. I mean, if you're um as I do, I live in the country, our shed, you know there are mice in there, and mm-hmm. we go as long as they're not in the house, that's fine, <laughs> but I guess no if if those mice are infected and are weeing on shelves and things, and I touch those, i mean how how does it get transmitted? is this or is this what you're exploring in your research?
1: No, that's fairly well known about about transmission, but it's it's that it, how that pathway might work. So take that example. And interestingly, the current study that we are about to complete has looked at those risk factors, and we found that in terms, say, of rodents, the patients who have lepto were about five times more likely to have seen evidence of rodents than the controls. And so we've got a nice, strong... Nice. It's a nice, a, oh, yeah. perhaps not an appropriate word, but a risk factor in terms of leptospirosis There and that pathway is absolutely uh, cuts in your hands, wounds through your mucus, so uh, membranes like your lips, mm-hmm. nose, and and eyes, and um, you know it 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 will if if we're the sunlight is another great friend. Uh, in terms of if, if the sun hits the urine and the bacteria is in there, it doesn't like the dry. Lepto loves the wet. But okay. in your shed where it might be a bit moist and a bit yep. dank, I'm not saying yours is, but it could be, <laughs> you know, yes.
0: Have you been to my house? <laughs> not at all. Um, so, I mean, uh, leptospirosis, like with all these things, it's a very scary name. But what are the, 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 the symptoms and, 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 you know, is, is, it, is it deadly? Is, is it, what concerns should people have for this in New mm. Zealand?
1: In in New Zealand, it is very unlikely that it causes death. And that's that's the first point, I think, to to, to get across. But it can cause uh, a longer-term illness. The, the common pattern that you see when someone gets lepto, at the moment it, 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 it looks very much like COVID. It's a fe- fever that looks like a flu, but it's a severe flu. And we're learning a lot more about that. Severe muscle pain, eye pain, but sometimes nausea, sometimes a cough, So it can look like many, many other things. It's called the great mimic. The neat thing about the work we're doing now where we're we're following up 100 patients, we're finding that half of them, one in every two patients, are still unwell eight months or more later. Good grief. Predominantly with fatigue, Uh, but also sometimes with chronic sort of eye pain or not liking the lights, having to wear sunglasses and also sometimes muscle pain.
0: You say the great mimic. I mean, I'm hearing flu symptoms. I'm hearing uh, migraines and meningitis symptoms. I'm hearing all of that in this.
1: Yeah, and I think that's partially why we've got the word diagnosis in our new proposal because we've been able to uncover that there are actually obviously issues with diagnosis. No test is perfect Mm -hmm. and it looks like everything else so in our current study where we are enrolling new patients they've all had a COVID test first of course understandably yeah Yeah.
0: um you you say that it is not deadly in new zealand uh is uh, am i to infer from that that that's perhaps because our health system is is a relatively decent one by global standards and maybe elsewhere in the world it might not be so uh easy to say that it's it's not deadly
1: I think there's two reasons behind behind that. The the current strains that we have in New Zealand, we are aware that we have around six strains. They tend to not present with us with an extremely severe presentation. For, but overseas, up to ten percent mortality. Partly, as you say, because of systems, mm-hmm. but also because, for example, there's a particularly nasty strain that causes just a bleeding bleeding in the lungs very, wow. very very quickly. Now we have had. Um, one or two recognised deaths we have over a, over a say a ten or twenty year period, but generally the, the and of course for those for those patients and their families that's very very concerning, but you're asking me today I'm mm-hmm. thinking much more about. Those, those half of our patients who are still yes. not well in the long term. And the burden that is for their community families and workplaces.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, your work is, uh, as, as we say, looking at the incidence and, and, and diagnosis and, the, and resultant outcomes, of course, the, the, the long tail of it. Um, no mention of, of sort of cure or treatment there. Uh, are there identified treatments for it already? Is that, and, and thus that's not the, part, the point of your research?
1: No, and and um that's that's a, a really a great point part of the uh, new grant is around as you say awareness diagnosis letting people know maybe the flu it might be lepto mm-hmm. because we're very fortunate um lepto generally responds well to early antibiotic treatment of course it looks like the flu and you can sense that there might be a, a, a wee bit of, a, of, a, of an issue there. I'm also interested in antimicrobial resistance where we're saying let's not use antibiotics unless we know we've mm-hmm. got something going on here. Um, with a disease that looks like something else and it's hard to diagnose... Um, then I guess it's it's those it's those it's those ones that are missing, yeah. and that's the information that we're bringing to this grant.
0: Oh, I was going to going to say because I mean obviously you've identified the confirmed cases, but yes. with it being the great mimic, that's the that's the term I'm taking away mm. from this interview. Uh, one assumes there are many many more people that have had this disease but don't know they have.
1: Yes, yes, and that's um, we did some work that would estimate there's probably up to twelve times as many cases, but um, wow, and of course, like most diseases, when you get exposed, so and maybe then you get infected. Depending on your things about yourself, you may or may not present as illness, Mm -hmm. and then how ill might you be? And if it looks like the flu, and if you think about, dare I say it, predominantly working aged. Men in rural communities, they may not necessarily allergic seek, to doctors. Seek, yes. <laughs> absolutely, may not be seeking help. In addition to that aspect, we've we've also discovered um, and the, the focus, our first objective in the new study is around looking at a new test, which will mean that patients only need to present once for one test mm-hmm. rather than twice. And that's one of the key things about one of our our, our first objective in, in this study, and why it's called enhancing diagnosis. Um, many, many patients, in fact, we know from the Waikato lab that about 80% of patients would present for their first blood test looking for antibodies, but not the second, and then that... Test is not performed. Mm-hmm. So that's, the, that's that sort of hidden burden. So,
0: I mean, are you in this research going to be dealing with uh, data tables and charts with great big holes in the information that you're either going to have to make inference or follow up or, or just take your time and, and rebuild?
1: I think um, we're very lucky, and that's you mentioned this is under health delivery, so we're working closely with three DHBs. So um, Chris Mansell, the clinical microbiologist in Waikato DHB, we have been working absolutely with Excel tables with him, where we've been comparing the standard test with the new one that we hope to validate, both with his, his lab at Waikato DHB and then with Anya Wernos, with the laboratory down in Canterbury District Health Board. So I think we're very privileged. We're here in the veterinary school. We're highly linked to where the health is delivered mm-hmm. in the DHB labs. That's absolutely one of one of the, if you like, the, the holes to say, well, if we would tested them with this other test, what would we see? That's yeah. the first question. And I like that because I can take that approach to the second objective, which is actually going to a rural case study site. We've chosen Taranaki DHB mm-hmm. with Taranaki uh, Iwi and with Taranaki Public Health Unit because in our previous work I uh, we visited every DHB and talked about lepto and I was talking with the medical officer of health there and said gosh there's no Maori diagnosed with lepto or very few mm-hmm. compared to Hawke's Bay which is another region and that just got a discussion and that's how my research questions come. I'm very lucky they come out of the community and they said well if we can find funding to see why that might be and that's the second big objective, is to go to that rural case study site. Pardon me, that's much more field work. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, it was a, a question I was going to put to you, because it seems no matter uh, what uh, discourse or narrative or story you see in the community or any statistic, you might see Pacifica and Māori always and, uh, overrepresented in a negative way when it comes to poverty, uh, health. I mean, the list goes on on and on and on. So it was both not a surprise, but also an, a point of interest for me that this is uh, looking at the implications for rural and Maori communities and Maori specifically, uh, I'm assuming in terms of being Tangata whenua as opposed to just an ethnic population. But is this just another instance where uh, a lot of uh, Tangata whenua live rurally and thus there's just a crossover here, or is there something specific about our Maori communities that would make them susceptible to something like this?
1: I think there's. Um, I'd like. I guess I'd like to respond to that first from a really quite personally from me. This has been a huge and wonderful area of growth for me as a Pakeha Kiwi growing up in Christchurch, and I've been lucky enough to have alongside me mentors in Maori health and Maori research, um, and. We'd never have got this far with, with, without them and mm-hmm. without a lot of learning from me. So first of all, with Ngati Kahanunu Iwi in Hawke's Bay, and I'm making a leap from Taranaki to Hawke's Bay, but that's because with our current study, they have really mentored me and worked alongside me. Uh, in fact, we have a meeting with lots of ongoing uh, plans for the third objective of this of this study is, is actually built on the current work where – what you see in the data is almost the exact representation of Maori in the population of of the one hundred cases around about sixteen to twenty are are Maori, but we know we have Maori way overrepresented in populations at risk mm-hmm. around thirty to thirty five percent of the meat industry workers yes. are there when I go to Hawkes Bay when I look at the leptospirosis notifications there, they are predominantly young Māori males. When I go to Taranaki, where there are similar proportions of Māori, there are similar numbers and workers in those industries. There are other differences too, of course, but that was the striking yes. difference, I, I, I suppose. Um, your, your last point, is there, is there something about susceptibility I, I don't know, and I goes, it goes back to your clinical and treatment question, and it's about, I guess, knowing where I fit and where I sit. I'm a, a veterinarian by first training and epidemiologist by second. I'm interested in all these things, but specific questions um, around uh, those, those details that aren't at the population level, I'm lucky enough to be working with uh, occupational physicians um, and, and, and GPs around mm. that. But for me, this is one of the most exciting aspects of this project because it's, it's, it's a it's a personal growth and a growth in my research team as it's
0: well. A, it, it, it's blending a, a number of different sort of spheres of, of knowledge and education. you your science component, your cultural component. You're blending all of this together and answering what seems to be a very important question for New Zealand. Um, we are here with uh, Jackie Benshop, a professor uh, at the School of Veterinary Science at Massey, on the catch-up if you'd like to listen to this or previous editions of the Catch-Up series, just head to the website mpr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up we're also on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify wherever you get your online listening. Uh, we are talking to Jackie about leptospirosis uh, her uh, current research grant where she is going to be looking at the incidence and diagnosis uh, of the transmission of leptospirosis from animals to humans and uh, I and in particularly the resultant outcomes for rural and Maori communities and me Always, uh, as expected, trying to paint with a broad brush and uh, poke some and ask some questions uh, about it. I'm quite interested in the wider uh sphere of this transmission from animals to humans i come from uh, southwest of scotland uh the 80s and 90s uh, cjd anyone uh, i'm not allowed to uh, donate blood in new zealand which is a shame uh although obviously uh ac- accepted as a, a mitigating over a risk there uh also i mean the 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 narrative around the current parde- pandemic is not entirely clear but the general consensus seems to be that this uh current coronavirus came from a a, a bat or or that sort of uh family of animals what what sort of um In this research project, but also in the general sphere of uh, the field, what are we learning about the transfer of diseases from animals to humans and how we might mitigate that so that we're not starting to see repeat issues (laughs) happening? Um, I mean, you say leptospirosis in the kidneys through urine uh, is an issue. So that would strike me that personal hygiene would be the the main mitigating factor there.
1: That's absolutely one of a a suite of of tools. We kind of the, 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 I guess the neat thing about this whole family of diseases that spreads from animals to humans is there's a lot of cross-protection. If I talk about lepto, we're mostly able to protect against other things. I think the difference between, say, uh, um, the, the, the SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 is, is in relation to the wildlife component. Mm. And my colleague, uh, workmate Dave Heyman, can, can, you know, that's that's an area where he's working and um there we have this wildlife component, and so there's an extra, if you will, intervention or mitigation about people and wildlife. Leptospirosis, there's that as well, but in New Zealand we have a strong domestic animal component. Yeah. So in addition, absolutely to hygiene, which might be, for example, the use of personal protective equipment, just as much as you can, keeping any animal products off you. Lepto is a bit unusual because most of those other ones that we have in New Zealand that are problematic, the campylobacter, salmonellosis, It's about, you know, poos or keeping the feces off you. But with lepto, it's about the urine. And, of course, animals don't differentiate. Often when they do one, they do the other. (laughs) So that's a key one. But we have another neat tool. We have animal vaccinations in New Zealand, and it's really powerful and it works. We have good vaccinations. If an an animal group, a herd or a flock, is under a well-managed vaccination program, which means vaccinating every animal every year, being careful with new animals – The vaccines we have are really uh, good at protecting, if the timing's good um, and the whole herd is treated, uh, against the strains that are in the vaccine. The issue with lepto is we have, of course, unfortunately, we have strains Mm -hmm. that cattle carry that we don't have a vaccine for. That's another area of research. But we do have that tool in the toolbox. So that's uh, in terms of reducing your risk, vaccinate your animals with advice from your vet. Reduce your contact with urine. Could be personal protective gear, wearing a face visor, gloves or what have you. Looking after your wounds. We're finding that in our current study Mm. that most, of course, farmers and people have fencing wounds and what have you. So looking after wounds, uh, covering them appropriately, changing, changing the covers on those. And then thinking about also those animals we can't vaccinate: possums, rats, mice, and the mustelids like the stoats and the weasels and what have you. If you're trapping them or skinning them, um, just being aware that any urine is likely. In fact, every second mouse we found on a farm here in the Manawatu, every second mouse we could grow lepto from its from its wow. kidneys. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's so well ad- well adapted.
0: And 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 widespread. I mean. D- 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 there will be, in, in my neck of the woods, in my shed, it's probably there.
1: It's more likely to be there than, than, than not. So we've got this almost a coevolution of the bacteria with what we call the host or the maintenance species. And rats, mice, and, and now we have strains in cattle, they can grow. The animals can grow well. They can breed well. There doesn't seem to be much cost to them for mm. carrying this bacteria. They're not sick animals with their hand up saying, look out for me, I'm sick. That's that's the that's the concern. The other other thing to watch out for now is, is is mud or water. This is much more common overseas. We're seeing more flooding, more extreme weather mm-hmm. events here. Fielding. <laughs> Absolutely, and 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 lepto loves the water, and so I think that that it can survive for some time in the water. And we think that this is a pathway that we don't see so much of here but we are convinced that that it's happening of course we can't necessarily prove that but we've shown on on that on a farm both in water in the forestry and in the farm that there's evidence of the the lepto dna there that's causing causing diseases
0: so uh, something that i i I missed there um leptospirosis in animals does not often make them sick as it just sits in their kidneys and it is a potential health risk for us humans
1: that's, that's what my strongest interest is, but equally as a veterinarian, that's very much strain-dependent right. and animal-dependent. So the short answer is probably I made it a bit too simple that way. No, no. Absolutely, we can have animals ill with lepto depending on the strain, and we do see it. We see particularly stillborn mm-hmm. and, and, and abortion, pigs and cattle and sheep, sudden death in young animals. Dogs also mm. um, get lepto, and they can become very, very ill with it. It's it's a little bit strain dependent. I call it lepto but there's six strains, right? And they all present slightly differently and they have different hosts,
0: yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and it's an incredibly complex area and I thank you for taking your time this morning to try and explain it. Um, with the, the, as, uh, just to be clear, you're looking at the, the incidence of it, the, the resultant outcomes. You're not looking for a cure necessarily. That's a, a different uh, area. N- uh, nor are you exploring new vaccines. That's a different area. But will this work? Contribute to, um, the, the knowledge pool that will result in, in cures or vaccines. I'm particularly impressed again, looking at the current pandemic at how quickly the, I'm not going to say the world united, but certainly that there was an, an, an air of collaboration in getting together and getting a vaccine for Covid nineteen and the sub the, and the subsequent strains, uh, in a way that hasn't been seen in the world before. Certainly not at a pace that the world has seen before. Um, any, I'm assuming any knowledge that comes to the fore that that looks at diseases will result in increased knowledge with regards to vaccines, cures, and a way forward.
1: I think I think the va- the vaccine one is 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 a great question, and I absolutely agree with you. Here we are now. We look where we were two years ago. Yeah. And uh, I've just had my booster shot. You know what February I mean? February eighteenth <laughs> for me.
0: Can't you know, wait. so
1: so I guess I guess that that's that's phenomenal, and it shows you what what can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we will. If 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 research always sort of comes and goes, and, and and outcomes, you know, but but I know that what we will what we're going to find here by looking hard is more disease, and mm-hmm. sometimes people find that a little frightening, but I would expect that we would find. More and by doing that, then of course, it's about uh, saying, Well, is there anything different about mm-hmm. these new ones that we're finding, or is it just that the people who are the sickest are the ones that are notified? Uh, 60% of the current notified cases they go to hospital, and the average stay is about five days. Okay, so um, you can see that's kind of tip of the iceberg stuff. And that second objective, the one we're doing in Taranaki, we're hoping to to kind of build the knowledge about what I'm calling, what they call a disease pyramid. We're going to look at the sort of the, the base of the pyramid and see amongst healthy workers who has been exposed, who, who's seen the bug by looking at a blood test. These should be healthy workers. We're going to go into meatworks and farming groups. Near the top of the pyramid, we're very fortunate to be working uh, with um, the, the the hospitals and, and and Maori health providers and wanting to planning to uh, capture people who sample people invite them to the study who have a fever that is that that can't be pinpointed mm. and actually test all those for lepto, and to me there will be a lot of knowledge that comes out of there. It'll be if you will the, the undiagnosed, but in terms of treatment, <laughs> at the moment that the, the the treatment in terms of um, understanding that it's early treatment, that it's sensitive to penicillin, that's currently sort of sitting on a, on a shelf for now well, that's, yes. that's
0: bad news, I'm allergic to penicillin we need an alternative <laughs> right. if you could work on that um, Professor Jackie Binshop we are completely out of time on the catch up this morning, a reminder uh, that Jackie has uh, the School of Veterinary Science have this uh, research grant, uh, grant uh, looking from the Health Research Council looking at the incidence and diagnosis of leptospirosis transmission from animals to humans and the resultant outcomes for rural and Maori communities. There are articles on the website also on the uh, hrc.govt.nz website and uh, we look forward to hearing what happens uh, out in Taranaki. Perhaps you'll come back in the future uh, and let us know what you've found uh, because the more the more that you find the more that you know. Jackie Benshop thank you for coming in this morning.
1: Thank you very much, Fraser.
0: And remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of the Catch Up series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch up. We will be back tomorrow with uh, Jimmy Ellingham from Radio New Zealand. And join us then, half past eight. Bye for now. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.